Hey, welcome to Devotionables, brief devotion for busy people like you. And this is the third installment of Phase Devotionables, a devotional where the Phase Ministry hijacks whatever Gabe is doing and uses it for our own purposes. And in this one, we're going to talk specifically about what godly parenting looks like during the teen years. So way back two phase devotionals ago, we talked about the goal of biblical parenting, and I won't give the definition again, but the gist of it was that the goal of godly parenting is to raise up Jesus followers so that they can then separate out from your family and form a new family unit of their own. And then in the second phase devotional, we talked about what some of the unique challenges and what the goal of development is during the teen years. And now we're going to look at what godly parenting can and hopefully should look like during the teen years. And for the passage today, we're going to look at Ephesians 1, 1 through 4, read it briefly, and then talk about some specific ways that we can begin to implement it in the home. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, Paul writes this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may have long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So in this paragraph, Paul is spelling out what the relationship between children and their parents ought to look like within a Christian home. And we're actually going to kind of skip over everything Paul said to the children, um, because after all, this is a brief devotional for busy people. And we're going to focus instead on verse 4, which is specifically to the parents. So I'll read it again. Fathers, and there Paul is highlighting fathers, but speaking to parents in general, both fathers and mothers. Fathers, don't stir up your children, or stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So Paul's giving two instructions to parents there. One is, don't stir up your children to anger. And the other is, raise them up in the instruction or the fear of the Lord. And so what what does that mean? Well, it's generally understood that by don't stir up your children to anger, Paul is prohibiting parents from needlessly inciting anger and frustration in their children. And then in the other instruction, he's telling parents that instead of doing that, instead of needlessly stirring up frustration and anger in your children, focus on teaching them the Christian lifestyle with the hopes that they will adopt it for themselves. So now what I'd like us to do with the the rest of our devotional time today is look at some specific ways parents can implement those two instructions in the home. So let's pick the first one. What are some things parents can do to specifically avoid provoking their children to anger? I'd like to give you three, three specific things that you can do as parents to avoid stirring up your children to anger. Number one is affirming your child during the teen years, affirming your child. This is something that is both biblical, you'll read about it in scripture and in biblical writings, and something even the 
uh, secular world around us recognizes the importance of. The American Association, or Pediatrics Association speaks of the importance of using labeled praise during the teen years. And by that, they mean singling out something that your child does that's particularly virtuous and positive and identifying it specifically as a word of encouragement to them. Number two, investing time in your student. Um, Again, going to the American Pediatric Associations, they recommend that children have at least an hour of one-on-one time with their parents. And because this is brief, we won't go into all the studies and um, research that's been done on this area, but there have been shown to be few factors as vital to the development of a teenager as one-on-one time with their parents. And just speaking from experience as a youth pastor, I've seen families do this in a variety of ways, whether it's like a a bi-monthly Um, or sorry, every other month type of get together with their parent, like a parent date or just having one-on-one trips around town with their kids where you go to the store together or you do something where you're just singling that student out and spending quality one-on-one time with them. And the third one is to progressively increase responsibilities and privileges. As we mentioned, the development of a child from child to adult is a gradual process and one of the main sources of frustration and strife that is seen across youth ministries in america between children and their parents is when children are not given responsibilities and privileges commensurate with their age and planning this out can obviously be very difficult um, but there have been several families within our church that we've seen do it particularly well i know for example one family will uh, have a spreadsheet that the husband and wife use and every year at that child's birthday or during their child's birthday they'll talk about what new privileges they get are and new responsibilities they get are and even begin discussing it with that child specifically to help try and balance those two things out. So that's not provoking children to anger, but what about training them up? And here again, we'll mention just three things. Number one is discipline. Discipline in the home. I think all parents recognize the importance of this. And I can say that I don't believe I've ever seen a family that has been particularly good at the raising of their children in nine years of youth ministry that was not really good at setting clear, fair expectations and consequences and holding them consistently. And again, this is something that even the secular field uh, recognizes as an important aspect of raising children. Number two is modeling for your children. And this again is a very biblical concept, but if we want children to embrace the Christian lifestyle, there are few things that will be more compelling to them than to see their parents faithfully living it out. And then the last one is coaching and communication. By which I mean just carving out time to have conversations with a child about what's happening 
in their life, what the sort of things they're going through, maybe even conversations where you, you begin to talk about some of the changes that are happening to them and, and giving them warnings ahead of time of what to expect and opening up conversations and avenues of communications on tough issues like what healthy habits look like, what sexual integrity looks like, uh, what authentic faith looks like, and things like that. There's obviously more that can be said, but uh, again, we try to keep these brief for you, so we'll wrap it up there.